age is just a number. But at times, it can be hard for it to feel that way. Today, we have an author and renowned physician who offers insight on how to be healthy and not get discouraged as you age because there is still so much you have to offer. We also touch on the coming flu season and the fact that it all comes down to poop. Yep, you can call it gut health, but we really do get pretty specific. You'll understand further in. Welcome to The Grit Show, growth on purpose. I'm glad you found us. I'm Shauna Rodriguez, and I'm honored to be leading you on today's journey as part of this community growing together as seekers and thrivers. Dr. Robin Miller's career as a physician has been quite varied. She serves as the medical director of Triune Integrated Medicine, a highly innovative consultative integrated medicine company in Medford, Oregon. She has written multiple medical books, the most recent being Invisible or Invisible, Your Choice, something we will spend a lot of time talking about on today's episode. She's also a medical reporter for KOBI 5, the NBC affiliate in Southern Oregon and Northern California. She has produced the award-winning health series, Is There a Doctor in the House?, which is shown on the Wellness Channel nationwide. Her health tips are seen regularly on TriUnMed.com and KOBI TV, NBC 5. She and her husband live in Southern Oregon, and her free time when she isn't dancing, she tends to the vineyard they own together known as Peter William Vineyard, which has some amazing wines and a gorgeous view of the Rogue Valley. It is such a pleasure to have her here to talk with us about her new book and touch on what we can do to prepare as we enter the coming flu season, especially when there's still some concerns floating around about COVID. There's a lot we're going to cover, so buckle in. Thank you so much for being here today, Dr. Robin. Thanks for having me. Yes. So as this new book, Invisible or Invincible, Your Choice is coming out, what do you think are your favorite pieces of wisdom that you have to offer from that book? So many. But the reason I wrote the book in the first place is because I had so many patients over the age of 60 who were feeling invisible, Mm. feeling as if now that they're getting older, people just blow them off. They don't ask their opinions. When they do speak, they are ignored. Some of the women who were really beautiful when they were younger and depended on that as their identity Mm. now are having a really hard time. So I wanted women to see that they are more than their age, that age is just a number. And there are so many things we can do as older women. So we are no longer considered invisible and they can be invincible. I love it. I think that's a great message to come out of it. And something people need to hear more of. Yes. I mean, I'm so tired of it. Yes. So was, when did you make the determination from conversations you had with people that were kind of being stuck in their mindset around their age and not being heard? Or yeah, when did I mean, it kind of I shift? I had so many patients who were like that. Mm-hmm. Where it's just, it's weird what happens. And this is not a new concept. There was an article in the 1920s where women noticed this, but I don't know what it is. Ageism, mm-hmm. sexism, who knows? But we have a lot to give. We have lived a long life and we have a lot of wisdom. And people really need to start looking at us in a different way, but they aren't going to do that unless we change how we approach them and change other things like, you know, what we get involved in. Like when we were in this, when I was a teenager in my 20s, I was involved in political stuff and then I got busy with my life. But now I can do it again. Yeah. We can make a difference. Because we were the children of the 60s. 
We are the ones that were burning bras. Uh, getting abortion rights. We were doing all these things. Where is everybody? It's time to show up again. That's my feeling. That's awesome. And so to find new ways to get yourself inserted into the conversation when you're feeling that way, instead of walking away and being discouraged by it. Find your passion and go for it. And don't let anyone discourage you because they will, they'll try, but don't. That's awesome. In order to do that, you have to be healthy. So there's a lot in that in my book where I talk about how to be healthy and what you need to do. A lot of people give up. They get into their 60s and 70s and think, eh, I don't need to exercise anymore. It's hopeless, but it's not. It's probably even more important. Absolutely. You want to stay young, eat healthy, exercise. Those are the keys to it. And that's probably important for most ages, actually, to have that reminder of those pieces. Oh, yeah. You can't start too early. That's for sure. Yes. And is that with coming into the, the season we're talking about, with people being worried about illness and, and the flu's going around and COVID still being on, it seems sometimes it's turned up a little bit in different places. What oh, yeah. is the, the thoughts around that and how people can better take care of themselves? Well, so if you look at COVID, the people that got the sickest were the people with diabetes. Mm. So the majority of those who got sick and died were diabetic. So number one, find out what your blood sugar is, get a fasting blood sugar, <laughs> and look at your weight and see if you are healthy, are you overweight, are you obese? And then look at what you're eating. So when you look at health, immunity, all those things, comes back to one thing, your poop. <laughs> We're bringing it all down to one thing. All right, I like this. Let's bring it down to one thing, the poop. <laughs> all about the microbiome, all those microorganisms that make up your GI tract. There are so many of them. They help you make vitamins. They help with your immunity. Mm -hmm. They help you stay healthy. So when you look at people who are sick, like rheumatoid arthritis patients, 70% of them have the same bacteria in their stool. Really? Yes. So really, it's all, it is about your microbiome when, and what you eat. So they did a really interesting experiment with college students. For 10 days, they gave them just McDonald's. It basically destroyed their microbiome. They, the diversity of their bacteria went down precipitously. So it's all about having healthy bacteria or healthy microbiome organisms mm -hmm. and diverse organisms. And is that because I know that I definitely have been taught about taking orally, taking little pills that have, you know, a mix of probiotics that you can take. Does that help or is that, is it mostly diet that you need to pay attention well, to? If you eat a healthy diet and you take probiotics, mm -hmm. probiotics, that will help. But if you eat crap, it's not going to do anything. You're just wasting your money. You're killing off the microorganisms. What you want is to really to get it from your food. So you get probiotics from fermented food. Prebiotics are the food that make it to your colon undigested. Asparagus, mm -hmm. onions, leeks, all really good for you. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, you look at all these diseases and they're starting to find it's related to the microbiome, even MS, even Alzheimer's. Really? Yes. And in fact, when they've done fecal transplants, so fecal transplants are when you clean out someone's colon and then you put someone else's fecal matter in there. They found that actually 
an Alzheimer's patient, got her memory back. What? Lasted about two months. A Parkinson's patient got better and people with inflammatory bowel disease got better. Really? These are all anecdotal. No one's done a huge study yet. Mm-hmm. It's big, big deal. Yeah, the fact that can even happen in one case is surprising. Like, let alone, you know what I mean, a large study of that. That's so phenomenal that that makes that big of an impact. Oh, yeah. I mean, and when it comes to weight, it's huge also. Pardon the pun. <laughs> <laughs> yes. A woman who got a bacteria called C. difficile. C. difficile is where there's an overgrowth of this bad bacteria. And it's treated usually with antibiotics. but it's Many people, it's become resistant. So what mm-hmm. they'll do is they'll do a fecal transplant and they get the pills. I mean, they come in pills or solutions that are used through colonoscopy. They get them from people in at MIT, or they used to, that are smart, healthy, and have a normal BMI. Mm-hmm. And so this woman did not get those. She At the time, they just started doing it. So she was resistant to the antibiotics and got the fecal transplant from her daughter. Her daughter was healthy, but overweight. When they tra- and the, the mom who had C. difficile was thin. When they transplanted the daughter's stool into the mom, she couldn't stop gaining weight. Really? Yes. And they found this with mice as well. So this you, is phenomenal. Uh, this is amazing. This is like mind blowing. This is, this is very intriguing. Yeah. So anyway, if you do it with mice, you can go both ways. So you can give fat mice, thin, you know, thin transplants. Mice are easy. You just paint the poop on their little paws. They'll lick it off. Yeah. It doesn't work with humans, thankfully. No. <laughs> fat mice will become thin. Thin mice will become fat if you do the reverse. That is wild. I'm guessing they're doing more research on this and finding more ways to apply oh, this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a big deal. And so in terms of inflammatory diseases, um, the microbiome is really important. If you eat, great example. I have a patient recently mm-hmm. who after she got the COVID vaccine, her autoimmune disease went crazy. Mm. I don't know if it's vaccine related or whatever, but she, her, she developed rheumatoid arthritis and she was getting shots every month for her rheumatoid arthritis. So what can I do? I said, well, you can start eating healthier, do an anti-inflammatory Mediterranean style diet, which she did. And lo and behold, eight months later, she no longer needs the shots, gone into remission and she's lost 30 pounds. Wow. So was it chance? I don't think so. <laughs> I yeah. Think she healed her microbiome is what I think. That's incredible. And so it doesn't matter like with, like you mentioned things like asparagus and you mentioned leeks and different things. Does it matter if things are cooked or raw or how they're prepared or what makes the no. biggest difference? It's just the no. matter of getting those healthy. healthy. And red meats, not a good thing. Processed meats, it just all wrecks your microbiome. Well, there you go. You need a book on this. Do you have a book on this yet? (laughs) I have a huge chapter on it. So there were these reporters that went to Tanzania. This is really cool. Mm -hmm. British reporters and ate just like all the locals ate. They had some really weird food. 
like porcupine and these congarobi berries. They sounded pretty good, actually. And they ate just like the natives. Mm-hmm. They also live with them. So in Tanzania, they live in dung huts. So they're surrounded by poop. <laughs> you paint the dung on the walls of their caves or the huts. Mm-hmm. So they had their microbiome checked. And after just four days, they had the same microbiome as the people living there. Wow. Good, diverse, healthy. Then I went back to England within a matter of a week, back to their old stuff. It changes that quickly then. It does, it changes really fast. And you can trash it pretty fast too by eating you know, processed foods, you know, foods that are unhealthy. You can trash the microbiome pretty quickly. Yeah, and, and the speed of life that everyone's living when there's not time to get things and do things and you grab what you can. Those are the things that people often end up going to are the things that aren't as healthy or as good for them that probably do trash their microbiome pretty quickly. And when they think they're doing something good by eating sugar substitutes, it's hurting it even more. That really wrecks your microbiome. Really? Bartame, all that stuff. So bad for you. And it also usually results in doing the absolute opposite of what you wanted to do. So even, even like Splenda and Stevia are the same or all of them? I would stay away from all of them. Yeah. Very good to know. Because it's kind of a different objective when you're not looking at calories, you're looking at your microbiome. Yeah. Diet Coke, no more. I stopped drinking it several years ago. I loved it too. Really love Diet Coke. Yes. No more. Yes. Interestingly, this is very like a one case thing. My mom had um, a tick with her her head moving and we got her to stop drinking aspartame and it went away. It was like the strangest thing that she had that some, I don't know how we ever came across that we thought they could be related, but somehow we came across, we thought they could be related. And when she stopped drinking Diet Coke, that went away when she was going through all her uh, treatments. Isn't that interesting? Yes. That is an example of the brain gut connection. Yes. That's her nerves. And do you want your skin to look good when you get older? Mm-hmm. That kind of food totally wrecks your skin, processed foods, the meats. It causes you to develop these advanced isolation end products, wrecks your skin. So the healthier you eat, the better your skin's going to look. We all care about that. <laughs> the one thing we all have in common, we care about how our skin looks. <laughs> how young you look, right? Yes. 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 So that's amazing. So just vegetables, things like olive oil and those type of things are kind of that Mediterranean diet or what? Mediterranean diet is so good for us. It is good for your heart. It is good for your mood. It's great for your gut, which is probably why it does all the good things it does. And it's good for your, your brain in terms of cognitive abilities, resisting Alzheimer's. So there are so many reasons to, and to eat it. And in fact, there's a great story in the book. Love this story. There was a guy, he was being studied by a guy named Dan Buettner in charge of the Blue Zone Project. Have you heard of that? Mm-mm. There are five places in the world where people live into their hundreds. And he was studying this. So Okinawa, Nicoya, Costa Rica, Sardinia, Icaria, Greece, and Loma Linda, California. Because <laughs> that's where all the Adventists live. Oh, so people live into their hundreds and you want to know why. 
So this man uh, was from Greece, lived in Florida, diagnosed with lung cancer. This was in the 60s. And he was in his 60s at the time. Mm -hmm. And he got nine doctors telling him, you're going to die. I can give you chemo, but it's not going to help. You know, maybe give you a few months. So he decides, okay, I'm going to go to Greece and go see my parents and I'll live with them. And that's where I'll be buried. So he goes to Ikaria, Greece. Mm -hmm. Parents are. He and his wife go. He hangs out, sees his friends in the afternoon, starts taking walks goes to the little church on Sundays, eats the local food, and feels a little better. So over time, he just got stronger and stronger and stronger until the cancer was no longer there. Wow. (laughs) He was eating well, he was exercising, started working in their vineyard, expanded it, and started making wine. So Dan Butner called him and said, have you ever thought about going back and seeing those doctors that told you you were going to (laughs) die? I did. I went back there, but I couldn't find any of them. He goes, why? Because they're all dead. (laughs) That's a good punchline. That's a good punchline. (laughs) I have to be over 100. That's amazing. So he was able to turn things around by eating the Mediterranean-style diet, as well as some other things. I mean, obviously he became more spiritual. He did more exercise. He was happy. Yes. Stress is not good for you. Is that what you're saying, Dr. Robbins? Stress is not a good thing? Not good for you. <laughs> well, I think we can all take that one home. That was a cool story. I love that story. It really is a good one. I think that's, especially that they weren't, they weren't there to tell him any differently because that yeah. was the biggest difference for them. Yeah. So with like the story you told of the woman who had the transplant from her daughter who was overweight and she became overweight, was she able to correct that then through her eating and change her microbiome? No, I don't know. I never heard the the rest of that one, <laughs> but I suspect she was. Maybe they do a different transplant. I don't know. Or maybe through her eating, things change. Yeah, that's my curiosity of like how much of that is, if it can be changed that easily towards that direction. I'm curious about changing it back the other way. And if diet is enough or how quickly that happens, that's so curious. I know. So I, that's where we're all going to end up. And I think it's so funny. My husband's a gastroenterologist and I think it's hilarious that of all the specialties, my guess is the GI guys are going to be the it doctor, right? (laughs) They don't even know it yet. They didn't know what they got into when they got into it. (laughs) It's all about your brain, your heart, your lungs, everything is related to that microbiome and how well it's working and getting it functioned at top notch, especially if they're able to do those things with it. We need more research. We want to find more answers. Yeah, it's coming. Believe me, the research is amazing and aging as well. It might help you slow down the aging process if you have a healthier microbiome. Take better care of yourself just by doing that. Well, yeah. So what, what do you think with, like we mentioned the stress and the walks and the, you know, changing to caretaking a vineyard instead of whatever other rat race that person might have been involved in. Do you think that stress plays a lot into your overall well-being and your health? Absolutely. Well, and stress, sorry about this, but it affects the microbiome too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you can really do a number on yourself if you're stressed all the time because you deplete your hormones. You know, your adrenal hormones just keep going. You get exhausted. You can't keep doing that. We all need to slow down. It's really important. And especially as we get older, I mean, 
life's too short. You really want to be stressed out until you die? I don't think so. No, nope. I'm too short for that. Yeah. So also, it also can help with the microbiome, which it all, it all is connected, huh? We'll see. It's all one big circle. (laughs) And the Mediterranean diet and a chapter on that in the book, invisible or invisible, your choice. It's all in the book to help you kind of find that and be able to live that. There's also the blue zones when he studied it. He found that they, they exercise quite a bit, but not the way you think. So none of them go to the gym on a regular basis. None of them run marathons on a regular basis. What these people are doing is just moving all the time. They're walking to the store. They're walking to their friend's house. They're gardening. They're cleaning their houses. Nothing really, you know, strenuous, but they're moving. And that's the key. Movement and activities. You just have an active lifestyle versus. It's called non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Neat. Ooh, I love it when you can have a great acronym like that. (laughs) They have a lot of neat in their life. (laughs) We all need to have a neat life. (laughs) And they have a lot of friends. That's the other thing I talk about in the book, how important it is to have a network. Not a huge network. In fact, culturally, it's different. Uh, In the U.S., our networks get smaller. Mm -hmm. Like your friends' groups get smaller. Your family group tends to get smaller. Other cultures, it's not like that. They get bigger. So mm-hmm. it depends on where you, where you are, but having a network is essential. Those are very good tips. I think those are good tips for anybody and everybody. Yes. The one other thing you need in your life is joy. Joy is in the moment. Happiness, not so much. Happiness is overall, right? Mm-hmm. But you can be joyful like right now. And they did this really cool experiment where they had people take pictures in the morning of something they liked and then review them at night. And it gave them joy. That's all they had to do. So try it. It's really fun. I've been doing it. It's really fun. Take something, picture of something cool, like a flower or a tree or your dog. And then review I like that. I think that's our great takeaway from this. I mean, the Mediterranean diet is a very good takeaway as well. I think that's in the microbiome and the importance of your poop, I think is, is good. But I think that moment of joy. So you just find things like any point during your day or start your day that way. Does it matter? No, it doesn't matter. Just take, they had people take three pictures a day and then review them at night. Nice. So things in your day that, that brought you joy. Yes. I like that. I like that. If we're going to have these smartphones that we're carrying around, we should have them as little machines that we can find ways to bring joy into our life. I like it. Right. That's beautiful. Well, good. That's our, that's our good takeaway. We're definitely going to go with that. So one of the other things I talk about are, are hormones. And I don't know how many of your listeners are over 60, but hormones, I think are very important. And even if you're 30 or 40, you might want to listen to what I have to say. Definitely. We all know somebody over 60 and we will all be over 60 one day. So we should definitely listen. So please share. So in 1997, the Women's Health Initiative study was there, was done. Their findings released. And you probably don't remember it because you're too young, but it stopped a lot of women from taking their hormones. Hmm. Theory, they said you're going to get breast cancer, you're going to get demented, you're going to get heart disease. Uh, anyway, and when you look at that study, it's not, it just was done well, 
but it just wasn't pertinent because what they did was they took women on average who were 65. Mm-hmm. So they'd already been menopausal for 10 years on nothing. And then they gave them hormones. They gave them Premarin, which comes from pregnant mares, horse urine, and Provera, which is not progesterone. It's a progestin. They didn't have a uterus. They just gave them the Premarin. And then they followed them. They never said was, when you give somebody hormones who hasn't had them for 10 years, Mm -hmm. they bleed. These women knew they were on the hormones. 42% of them stopped it. So... When you do clinical trials, you still follow people to the end, whether they take it or they don't. Mm -hmm. So the women on Premarin and Provera, many developed breast cancer and dementia and heart disease. Were they on the hormones? We don't know. (laughs) Mm. The women on Premarin alone had no increase in breast cancer, no increase in Alzheimer's. And no heart attacks. <laughs> they actually did better. So, wow. Overa, number one, which is bad stuff. I would never put anyone on that. And probably a better study would have been to look at estrogen and progesterone d- given different ways, which is what was done in France. Ooh. What they found was there was no increase in cancer when you took natural estrogen with progesterone and didn't swallow it. So take it through the skin, under the tongue, any other way other than in the GI tract. Mm. Heart attack, stroke, any of that stuff. So it was relatively safe. And it really helps with your aging. My mom, who is, won't tell you her age because she gets really pissed off at me, but she's over 89. She's still on her hormones. I keep trying to take her off. I'm like, what is wrong with you people? She looks like she's 70. Leave her alone. And she's active sexually too. That's incredible. And she looks so good. And she feels good. No, and I think that I think this is good information for everyone because I'm not over sixty. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll tell you that much of my age, but um, but my mom had breast cancer and hers was a hormone neutral, is what they said. But they didn't want her on hormones because it was hormone neutral, and so there's always been this thing about for me and my sisters, and because she had breast cancer and concern about. Um, being on hormones and all that because of it. So it's kind of good. I'm appreciating hearing this because I definitely had warnings about the concerns around hormones and breast cancer. And there's an elevated risk in my family for it. And so we're always a little bit more aware of that concern. And so I think it's very useful to hear that because it's definitely something to be aware of. Oh, yeah. And if somebody is um, worried about that sort of thing, what we've done is uh, given it nasally, estrogen nasally, it doesn't get absorbed in the system, but it helps with hot flashes in the brain. Oh, wow. Done it that way. Yeah. And I check levels so that I know that they're not getting it in their system. That's amazing. Yes. That's a, well, that's amazing that there's that, you know what I mean? That there are so many options instead of it just being yeah. a blanket, like, nope, not an option. Just suffer, do whatever else and to learn at the studies that it was what they were actually looking at in the studies. It's so interesting. Studies are so important but there's so many different ways of looking at the information in them. The other thing you can do is put it on in a cream on the face. It doesn't get absorbed there either, but it makes your skin look good. So that's another option for women who don't want to do the hormone thing. That's incredible. Yeah. (laughs) Such good information. (laughs) 
I, I know you know your treasure trove of information, but it's nice for us to, to realize your treasure trove of information too, Robin, Dr. Robin. All there. Yes. That's wonderful. Is there anything else that you want to share with us before we start wrapping things up? Um, oh, yeah. So what's really important about hormones is your bones. And I talk about that as well. So I call it the involution solution. So I don't know if you've ever watched people, but if you just watch, you can tell their age by how they hold themselves. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people start slumping. If you just stood up straight, you would take 10 years off your, what, your appearance. Wow. Up straight. And the hormones are really important for bones. And what that Women's Health Initiative study was really looking at was colon cancer risk and osteoporosis. They don't ever talk about that. It's dramatically reduced the risk for colon cancer and osteoporosis. When they st- all these women stopped their hormones, 43,000 women a year were getting fractures. Wow. So anyway. <laughs> think about. <laughs> yes. You can tell us something that you, you've gotten to deal with a little bit in your practice and with your patients, just a touch, just a touch. One other thing in the book that I think people will be interested in it is that, you know, some people are worried about their parents. Others don't care. And mm-hmm. I go through all the things you can do other than have plastic surgery. If you want to improve your appearance and so for some people, that's what they want. So I yes. talk about all the options out there from Botox, microneedling, lasers, you name it, I talk about it. That's helpful. I think it's so funny. I found myself in a conversation with um, three of my friends that I never thought would consider any of those type of things. And they were having a conversation around all of it. And I was like, wait, 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 anyone I know cares about this? (laughs) And it's so funny because I think that nobody thinks they'll care about it. And they get to a point where they're like, oh, maybe I should start caring about this because we don't imagine ourselves ever getting older or changing. But it's funny because you don't, I don't see myself that way. And and I'm fine with how I look, but it's so funny to realize like, oh, no wonder some of my friends might talk about that stuff because, you know, I have friends older and we're getting older and it makes sense that some people would wonder about those things. That's funny. One other thing I talk about in the book is sex. So people might want to really look at that. There you go, you guys. This is a good book. It has everything covered. And it sounds like you don't have to be 60 to get benefits from it. It sounds like it's definitely for, for women of different ages to be able to look ahead and get some resources even sooner. Yeah, they may want to look at Scream Cream. That's in there. <laughs> that one is like cliffhanger. All <laughs> right. We got it. We got a cliffhanger, guys. You got a cliffhanger. And I don't know about you, but I've had moments in my life where I've felt invisible. Mm-hmm. First part of the book, I talk about it. It's kind of a funny story because mm-hmm. my husband's into wine big time. We have our own vineyard. Mm-hmm. This is before the vineyard. He used to have these big wine tastings. And one weekend, these people came from all over the country, including some big expert from New York to have a weekend of drinking wine, um, tasting different wines, having gourmet meals. And I was invited, but no one acted like I was there. Mm. No one cared what I said, none of that. Mm. <laughs> and they acted like, how could you possibly know anything about wine? Well, of course, I don't know a lot about wine. <laughs> But at the end of the weekend, there was a special dinner where they had all the wines were bagged. So they had to guess what they were. So I talked to the guy who organized it and I said, tell me what the last best wine is. 
And he did, but he didn't tell anyone else that Ooh. he did. So this wine comes out and they're all tasting it and acting like they knew what it was. And I said, no, you're all wrong. It's the 1981 Chateau Petrus. <laughs> How would you know that? You don't know that. I'm like, no, it is. I know this. <laughs> That's too funny. I was right, of course. And then they all have to think about, wait a minute. What, where was she all weekend? How come we didn't talk to her? Maybe she was the expert in the room. Wondering and wondering, how did she know that? And why didn't we pay better attention? Exactly. Yes, I like that. All need to do more of. Find ways to be part of the conversation and, and show up a little bit more, huh? Absolutely. That's awesome. Well, that's good. Well, I am so excited that you've written this and that it's coming out and that people will have um, access to that in the show notes. And it's, it is fresh off the presses, you guys. So you can get, get on there and be able to read it and do the reviews. Cause I know authors love when things are first coming out to get people to get feedback and um, do the reviews for that. That's always helpful. So that's amazing. I'm so glad that we got to spend this time with you. We have one more thing before we get to go. We'll, we'll wrap up with how to get in touch with you, but we always talk about self-care on this podcast at The Grit Show because we care about that a lot. So what are some of the things that you do for self-care and to take care of yourself, Dr. Robin? Well, I exercise every day. Sometimes it's, you know, real exercise, like, you know, strenuous exercise. But most of the time it's what I talked about, meat. I'm walking, moving, doing what I can to stay active. I meditate twice a day, sometimes more than that. And I get facials every month. <laughs> I oh, lovely. Once a month, it's the best, let me tell you. <laughs> That's important. That's very important. And so when you meditate, are you someone who spends a lot of time on meditation or is it just smaller chunks that you do? No, no more than 15 minutes, twice a day. That's wonderful. And do you use like an app or guided meditation or? No, I just do a visualization type meditation that I've been taught by a teacher, but any meditation works. That's just wonderful. Just kind of word works. Or there's a ton of stuff out there that you can use. Yes. Yes. I love for people to get an idea of how different people do it so they can see what resonates with them as they're, they're listening and learning about how different people work it into their routine and two 15 minute time slots is something that, you know, everyone has or yeah. should definitely make sure they have. So good to, keep in mind. to be kind to yourself. Oftentimes we do negative self-talk. Stop, stop that. <laughs> <laughs> the last negative thing you're telling yourself is to stop that. <laughs> yourself. Yes. Very, very important. That's awesome. I like that very much. It's a good thing as a takeaway too. So we're going to do the joy, the pictures, the three pictures a day to reflect at the end of the day as our moments of joy, because that's important. And then we can stop the negative self-talk and yes. start catching ourselves when we're doing it. I think that's the first stage is recognizing when we're doing it because we've Absolutely. all done it for so long, we don't even realize when we're doing it. So... It's a good first place. So because we care so much about self-care at The Grit Show, we actually have a series of coloring books called The Color of Grit. And we give each of our guests as a thank you, one of our coloring books. And so we have the one that's out currently is called Vintage Mermaid and the Magnificent Ocean. And the one that's coming out is You've Got This, which is inspirational and funny quotes. Would you, which one would you like for us to send you a copy of, Dr. Robin? I like You've Got This. You've Got This. Awesome. We'll send it to you hot off the presses once it comes out. That sounds great. 
Yay. All right. And so the best place for people to find you is on Facebook. Is that correct? Yes, definitely. Uh, You can find me under Dr. Robin or Robin Miller. Awesome. Dr. Robin or Robin Miller on Facebook. You can also go to triunemed.com, T-R-I-U-N-E med.com. And we'll have that in the show notes as well. She has more books as well. And so we will have links to all of her books in the show notes. But the one that we spent the most time talking about today is Invisible or Invincible, Your Choice. So when you're looking, we'll make sure we highlight that one. So you know that's her latest one that we spent our time talking about today. Yes. Anything else you want to say before we go? Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for being here. It's been wonderful. Yes. And so for everyone out there, thank you for being here with us as well. You are the only one of you that this world has got, and that means something. We'll see you here again next week.